least for Liam that we're here, because it would have been easier to say, yeah, yeah, let's, it's just 10%, let's go with it, you know, let's get on with it. And no, Liam, we would have betrayed Liam had we, had we looked the other way. A few weeks ago, we brought you the story of Raziel and Jean Ziesman, the Toronto family who lost their only child, Liam, in January. The Ziesmans later took Benjamin's Park Memorial Chapel to the Bereavement Authority of Ontario, and they're also suing the funeral company in provincial court. And if you haven't heard that episode yet, the link is in our show notes. This dispute started because of the 10% administration fee which the Benjamin Foundation charged on all donations made in memory of their late son. The Ziesmans say they were never told about this fee, even though it is in their contract, which they signed, but because they were in such shock, they didn't notice it. They also considered the 10% fee excessive. The Benjamin Family Group runs the largest Jewish funeral business in Canada. They operate two funeral companies, plus they also sell tombstones, and they run the foundation. They set that foundation up 40 years ago to help mourners hold on to the donation money until they're in a better frame of mind to make sound decisions about what to do with it all. In July, the Funeral Authority ordered Benjamins to refund the 10% fees to the Zisman Trust Fund and pay it out to the teenagers' favorite charities. Well, we've now learned that the Bereavement Authority, or the BAO as it's called, has a long history of dealing with complaints about Benjamin's business practices, dating back at least seven years to 2015. There have been four other complaints lodged, which resulted in investigations and rulings on other forms of what the agency calls, quote, inappropriate extra fees. And now, Benjamin's is being given an ultimatum, clean up its act or face sanctions, up to and including revoking the company's right to do business completely, although the BAO hopes that won't have to happen. And we just really want funeral homes to do what they usually do, and that is treat families with great respect and charge for only the things they need to charge. Making a profit is fine, and they should, and they need to. That's how they they stay in business. Uh, But if anything is over and above that, then we look into it. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, August the 29th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. There have been plenty of new developments in the Benjamin story. The BAO has now issued a much wider order about the 10% admin fees. And not just for the Ziesmans, but Benjamin's now has to refund all the fees which it deducted from donations made on behalf of loved ones through its foundation for everyone who used it going back six years to 2016. And Benjamin's has to send that money on to the mourners' charities. This could involve hundreds of accounts, and it could cost the Benjamin's Foundation nearly a quarter of a million dollars to cover it all. Meanwhile, also last week, the BAO went public with another major strike against Benjamin's. It revealed two families' complaints about, quote, inappropriate COVID fees and also transportation fees, which Benjamin's charged to bury their loved ones during the pandemic. The BAO sided with the two complainants, and then it went a step further. Benjamin's had to pay back not just the two, but 258 families that it overcharged to the tune of a total of over $75,000. So coming up next, we'll hear from the BAO and Benjamins, and also from some of the grieving Jewish families, and why they feel more scrutiny on Benjamins is a good thing. The BAO is the licensing body for 9,000 funeral home operators, chapels, and cemeteries. 
It enforces the law governing the death business in Ontario. It even sends out undercover inspectors sometimes to make sure consumers are being protected. David Brazo is their communications manager, and he joins us now from Toronto. Can you walk us through the latest news? Sure, yeah. So what we've done is posted to our website information that relates to inappropriate extra fees charged to grieving families by Benjamins. Uh, These ones uh, have been going on since 2020, and they relate to a couple of things, including uh, the COVID time. So during the pandemic, there were some questions asked uh, from licensees, can we charge a fee for specialized pandemic services, usually related to uh, the cost of PPE and uh, other costs that might they might incur? Perhaps they'd have to use double bags, for example, when they're putting a body in a body bag, things like that. So that issue came up and we issued a note saying, if you do, be very careful about that and only charge for things you absolutely need to charge for in COVID or better yet, don't charge at all. Um, So some did, but we asked them to itemize it and make it very specific and use it only when it relates to COVID. And so we had an issue to deal with uh, in terms of some complaints from a a couple of people, and it resulted uh, in affecting a lot more than uh, just two families. So the complaints we received uh, resulted in registrar's decisions saying essentially that Benjamins must reimburse all grieving families who were charged a special care fee when the death was not COVID-19 related. Also to reimburse all grieving families who were charged transfer fees over and above the cost listed on Benjamins price list. And on these matters, uh, Benjamins complied uh, back in April of this year, and they've provided 258 refunds to consumers at a total cost of almost $76,000. Okay, so let's unpack that a little bit. Thank you. Uh, So when you're talking about these special COVID-related charges or special care charges for an infectious disease person that had died, and are you saying it's because they didn't disclose that they were charging or they shouldn't have charged it in the first place? Because there's two kind of issues at play, right? It was just that uh, our licensees had the question and didn't know and asked us, and the registrar issued a notice to... Uh, make it very clear that if you're going to charge a COVID fee, it has to be very specific, has to be itemized, and better yet, don't charge it at all. But if there were fees they incurred over and above what you would do in caring for uh, a deceased person, then uh, they could charge it. And, and a few did, but uh, it was rare. And uh, because we issued that, that notice and we're rather strict about it, there wasn't very much that occurred. And we have very conscientious licensees out there who really want to care for families. And Uh, So it was not much of an issue. So are you saying that a few besides Benjamin's also charged this fee? And were they also then told to reimburse or is Benjamin's a unique case? COVID fees uh, were charged in some cases. Uh, They were not over and above what you would expect. And we didn't receive a complaint. Now, that's what starts things going is if we receive a complaint from a consumer, a grieving family member about a particular funeral home, for example, then we look into it. And we, it's a very rare thing. We, we haven't had to do that during my time here. And I, I looked it up. We, we haven't issued a particular decision on extra costs in, in perhaps the existence of the BAO, which goes back uh, to 2016. But it all starts with a consumer complaint. The registrar came out at the end of July after the Zisman family complained about this holdback for any donations going through the charity foundation, the 10% fee. But in that ruling... Benjamin's was told needed to do several things immediately. They haven't complied with 
some of the six steps that they needed to do. Is that a usual occurrence when a, a licensee is told to do something that they just ignore you? The funeral home has said they're going to appeal. So we want consumers aware. Um, for example, people, it, it might be stated in a contract, oh, there's going to be a 10% charge on any charitable donations. But when you're in a time of grief, you maybe need that to be really highlighted to you so you remember it. We want it to be not just transparent to consumers. If it's in the contract, it, that is transparent. Uh, but we want it to be one more stage, and that is to show respect to the family. We know you're grieving. Look, there's something in the contract I want you to know about. There's a 10% charge on charitable donations. That would have to be done. It also has to be on their public, publicly posted price list. Um, it's not there. So it needs to be really obvious. Um, and we're saying to Benjamins that they need to do that. They need to do the right thing by the families in their community. Are there steps now that the BAO is planning to take under a certain timeline? Well, right now, um, and it's already in the uh, particular document they received from us, the registrar's decision, that if they don't comply, the, there are registrar's actions that could follow. The consequences include um, conditions being placed on their license, a suspension of their license, or all the way up to revocation of their business license. And if they don't have a business license from the BAO, they won't be in business for that period of time. And if it's a revocation, that can be permanent. So serious matters. Uh, we want their attention on it and we want them to act in the interest of grieving families. Suzanne Heft couldn't be happier that public attention is now being focused on Benjamin's business practices. She's been upset since 2015 with how she was treated when her husband Harold passed away, leaving her a young widow with two small children. Her issue was with the hundreds of dollars she was charged on her final bill for a tombstone she didn't order. You know, as, as, as does anyone in similar circumstances, I was in shock and grief. My husband passed away at the age of 51, um, so sorry. Le leaving me with, with two children um, who were very young at the time. And uh, it was, it was an, an unexpected loss. And so we were all in, a, you know, processing a, a great deal of trauma. He'd been sick for about a year and a half before he passed away. Mm -hmm. um, and so in that moment, obviously, I felt very vulnerable. And, um, you know, we went ahead with uh, the funeral arrangements and, and everything went very smoothly. And it was not until um, uh, close to a year later when I was in the process of selecting a headstone for um, the the grave um, at Parda Sholem Cemetery that I, I actually reached out to a local headstone provider, a company that operates here on Bathurst. And the gentleman who I spoke with um, asked me if I'd, and he said, well, you know, they charged you towards the, the cost of a headstone when you arranged for the funeral. And I said, no, they didn't. And he said, oh yes, they do it to everybody. And he said, go home and look at your papers. So I, I was in shock when he said this. I really was convinced he was mistaken and had made some sort of error. And I went home and I pulled out all the papers and lo and behold, inside the, the document, which is an itemized bill of all the various services that are included in the contract with Benjamins, there was a charge towards the purchase of a headstone. And so I called Benjamins immediately and I said, can you explain this to me? And 
the lady who answered the phone said, um, you know, should you wish to purchase a, a headstone from Benjamin's? We have a headstone business. Um, this credit would be applied to it. And so I sort of said, but what happens if I don't purchase a headstone from Benjamin's? And she said, well, in that case, you know, we would be happy to refund the money to you. And so I asked for them to do that. And she said, no problem. And a year, uh, a week later, a check came in the amount and that was very swiftly handled. But it raised this question for me that I had not known, not paid attention, not noticed this charge. No one had explained it to me in the moment of the actual arrangements being made. It hadn't been um, pointed out to me. I hadn't received a reminder six months after the the funeral. Don't forget, you have this credit. Um, If it hadn't been for this very honest gentleman in this um, competitive business um, who alerted me to it, I, I might never have known. So I was deeply upset by this, deeply, deeply upset, not for myself, but because having been through a loss and having been through that incredibly difficult moment, um, I realized that there would be many, many other people who would have a similar circumstance to mine and who would not know and who would might not even know how to go about requesting the refund. And all this money would be lost. And I was thinking particularly of elderly people who were living on a fixed income, which I'm certainly not. Um, not that the $700, $750 wasn't important to me, but it was the principle far more than the money that mattered. Um, so I spoke to people at my congregation at the synagogue. I spoke to friends who I knew had had funerals at Benjamin's. And what I began to hear from people was Benjamin's is actually not the most, not a place of professional integrity. And I mean, I don't want to report on what other people said to me because many people were reluctant to speak to me, even just conversationally and in private, because Benjamin's has such a sort of strong hold on the community. But I started to feel very uneasy that this practice was part of a larger pattern. So I started doing some research and I contacted somebody at the Bereavement Association of Ontario, which is a professional organizing group that um, sort of um, to which funeral homes have to belong. And I license them. Yeah, license them. And so I spoke with somebody there. And to put a long story short, I launched a complaint and they subsequently conducted an investigation. It took in-home visits, meant multiple conversations, lots of documentation um, back and forth between me and them. It was time consuming. Um, But at the end of the day, they um, concluded that my that the practice that I had uncovered and identified to them was actually in contravention of the ethical principles that all members of the association must adhere to. And they required Benjamins to um, uh, cease and desist those practices, to amend some of their marketing strategies, and to make more transparency and accountability to their customers at point of sale this practice. I have no idea whether that actually happened. I do know that, um, you know, I felt a sense of having done my duty as a citizen. Um, but it, it was um, it was that my story and then reading the story that you reported on that first led me to um, have this growing unease after seven years that maybe where there's smoke, there's fire and there's more business practices that are currently in place by this organization that need scrutiny. The same thing happened to Lisa Starr in 2017 when she buried her late mother, Rose, a Holocaust survivor. There was that hidden tombstone charge on her family's $24,000 invoice. 
She called the Benjamins' office. They paid her back about $500, but Starr says she didn't have the energy to take it any further because soon after, her father died, and she was back at Benjamins again. My father passed eight months after my mother, and when we went, I was a little smarter when we went in that, you know, after the first experience, it was still fresh eight months later, and I made sure that, that it didn't happen again. So, of course, on the next contract... It was not there because I specifically said something during that um, meeting. Uh, so once you become, uh, you know, a little more educated, then you, you know what not to put in your contract. I paid more attention. What I'd like to see happen is they really should they have to stop doing this. And um, there needs to be um, more options, they, more competitors, more funeral homes. It, it, right now, it seems like there's only three uh, Jewish uh, funeral homes out there, and Toronto uh, and well, all of Ontario really. It's we've got a lot of Jewish people. The population is huge. A lot of uh, Jewish families, Jewish people in general, they don't like to. Um, they don't really like to go to the authorities. They don't like to go uh, to report things, especially when there's really no other options. Um, they think, well, I don't want to make a fuss. Maybe, maybe if something happens, they won't, they won't take my family member if I've uh, caused, um, you know, if I've made a, a stink about this. Two summers ago in 2020, Jordan Solway buried his mother, Annette. And because of COVID, all the arrangements were done on Zoom. It was a graveside service only. Solway says he never got the required detailed price breakdown before he signed the contract. He also didn't get the consumer's guide, which they're supposed to give you by law, until he arrived at the cemetery the day of her funeral. Weeks later, he noticed that Benjamins had provided pallbearers without telling the family it would cost them any money. Solway also complained to the BAO about other excessive fees. Benjamins agreed to cut $4,000 from the final bill. It was really the feeling in the um, when getting the getting the bill at the graveside um, and the ultimate um, you know the, the, just the, the feeling that things weren't properly explained the charges on the bill um, at no time were brought to our attention before the charges were incurred and you know upon further investigation um, determining that they do have disclosure obligations as consumers right you don't like to think of yourself as a bereaver or as a consumer but you are you're making a decision at a moment of, you know, extreme vulnerability um, that, you know, basic requirements weren't adhered to. And for reasons that, you know, frankly, were verging on, if not nebulous, insulting. Because when this was raised about the fact that we didn't get the proper disclosure, the response was, well, you know, we normally do that when you come to the chapel. And because of COVID, you couldn't come to the chapel. And yet they were more than able to get us a contract using DocuSign in, in minutes but they couldn't send a PDF of the disclosure. So it just, it was the overall sense that this wasn't right, that, um, you know, it wasn't at our point, you know, frankly, the money was sort of irrelevant. So why speak out now? What do you hope to accomplish by, by, by sharing your story with the community? One of the challenges, particularly within the Jewish religion, is that you have to make these decisions um, under a very short timeline, under extreme stress, you know, and normally, you know, with my with a, my background as a lawyer, I would read a contract carefully from cover to cover, but you don't have the benefit of doing that because you're, you know, in many cases you're in shock 
And that's the last thing on your mind that you're going to, someone's going to, you know, in essence, take advantage of you and not explain things fully at a time when you're most vulnerable. And so it was really a combination of our own experience, understanding that people, other people had similar experiences, but just didn't, weren't compelled to do anything about it or didn't have the energy to do it. Recognizing that this is a real problem, right? I mean, it's not, they have an important place um, in, in, you know, in a family's, uh, in a family's life, particularly when you're dealing with this type of loss and, um, you know, frankly, to make sure it doesn't happen again to other people. So what I want is for their behavior to be modified and then to demonstrate that they're responding to the concerns in a constructive way. Um, and however, whatever the means is of accomplishing that, unfortunately, you know, and I've seen this, that sometimes it does take, to your point, a class action lawsuit. It becomes the financial sanction that ultimately causes people or a business to respond and to recognize that you know there's a problem in isolation and on an individual basis we're not talking about large amounts of money i mean the other complaint that you wrote about it wasn't a huge sum involved but there's an important principle there right of of treating people fairly transparently so i want this you know the practices to to stop i i don't think um there are some of them are appropriate and I think that they should be running their business completely above board. Late last week, Benjamin's lawyers filed an appeal with the Ontario Superior Court. They're fighting both the Zeesman family and they're also appealing the wider ruling, forcing them to refund people dating back six years for that 10 percent admin fee on donations. Their lawyers say the company's managing director, Michael Benjamin, can't possibly pay out all this money because he doesn't have it. Plus, they claim the BAO has overstepped its powers since funeral legislation doesn't apply to the Benjamins Charity Foundation. We've repeatedly asked Michael Benjamin to come on the show and to speak directly about what's going on. He says he can't for legal reasons, and he has replied to some of our questions by email. He says, quote, as you know, we've served the community for 100 years and we've worked hard to build a reputation, not only as a business, but an integral part of the Jewish community. You can read all the latest BAO decisions on their website. We've put the link in our show notes. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality and customer care. Please share your thoughts with us on this story. You can get in touch, as usual, at ebessner at the cjn.ca. <laughs>